Good morning, this is Sister Lisa coming to you from the ILL, the Edwin Elder Library. And today we are going to be talking a little bit more about the things we don't want in our life. Are the negative reactions we don't want to take over our life when we have shattered dreams? I'm doing dream shards. Your dream has shattered now. What now? By Sister Shirley Buxton. And we're on page 94 if you're following along in the book. If you don't have the book, I recommend that you get it because I'm not reading it word for word. What I do is, is as I'm reading her book, I take notes and some of the things that stick out in my mind or things I think I need to share with you, I post in a little journal. Then I read from my journal. So today we're going to be talking about jealousy and envy. At the precise moment of your shattered dream, a friend may have just gotten a lucrative book deal, a promotion, a new house, or something you wish you had. Perhaps the very thing you were going for. They might have got that promotion at work that you were really wanting. And your dreams are shattered. Don't be jealous, but sincerely wish them well. They may have prayed for years. They may have prayed for years and years and God was answering their dream or opening a door for them. Your turn's coming. Or perhaps you've had your dream. You know, um, you've had dreams answered. You've had prayers answered. You've had goals reached. So um, not everything is going to go your way. And that's what I have to remind myself. Not everything is going to work out exactly how I want it to do or what I think I want. We don't always really know because a lot of times we just go with the flow. We learn to go with the flow because um, anytime that there's marriage involved or um, children, grandchildren, um, aging parents, um, uh, sickness, the COVID, <laughs> coronavirus, uh, flus, diseases, Sin, as long as there's sin in the world, things are not always going to go our way. Things are definitely not always going to go our way. So, we don't need to let envy poke up its ugly face. And we just need to trust God. Jealousy. You know, there is a good jealousy and there is a bad jealousy. And the one we're talking about is a bad jealousy. The verse that came to my mind is God said he's a jealous God. God is a jealous God. So when we put him first, when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these other things are added to us. When we seek our own, when we seek our own, then that's pride. That's um, self-reliance. That is um, sin. That's really sin when we um, try to t take matters into our own hand. Now, I know that there's a fine line. We've got to, we got to set goals and we got to have visions and dreams and we got to have um, ambition. We can't just be lazy. We can't just be lackadaisical and nonchalant and, um, oh, just biding time, uh, what people say, just going through life. No, we live life. We, um, we find the good. We make the, uh, when, God, when life gives us lemons, we make lemonade. We let God make lemonade. He takes our pieces, and that's what we're talking about. He takes our shattered pieces and makes it into beautiful mosaics. So don't be jealous. Don't be envious. But put God first in everything. 
Okay, the next one is truth avoidance. Do not slant the truth. Face it in the eye. Be honest and transparent. If you ask others for their opinion, when you ask people, hey, what do you think? Or what's your opinion? Or even sharing with them, even sharing with people the calling, the ministry of your life, people ain't going to understand. Don't expect people to understand. Don't expect people to understand because it's not their call. Just like Mary, when she, um, when she was pregnant with the Holy Ghost, uh, Joseph was going to put her away until the Lord revealed it to him too. And that's how it is in our life. God will reveal it to the ones that need that uh, that need to know, because not everybody is on the same path. Just like you don't need to know everybody's business. You don't want to know everybody's personal life. Well, your walk with God is a personal walk. A personal walk. You are unique. You are unique. I am unique. God uses each one with the gifts and callings that he gave him. He didn't say he's going to pick the best one, the best one that does everything perfect. No, it's a combination of who and what you are, what you've been through in your life, the prayers you prayed over the life, the messages that you've heard, the books you've read, the teachers you've had, your uh, training from your parents. All that stuff makes up who you are. And God knows who can use. God knows who can best reach who. And that's what he's doing is reaching for souls. And so when God puts a call on your life, don't try to make everybody else understand because they're not. They're not. In the seven years that I've been doing my online ministry, yeah, I didn't even have my, my parents didn't even understand. My dad did get me something that says, go for your dream. God is with you. Dad, dad was supporting me in it. But mom, she did not understand it totally. She did not even have a clue about it and even and I didn't try to I I told her I told her a little bit told her the dreams God gave me and the call he gave me and about when I talked to my pastor what he said but um it still was a little hard for her and then um every once in a while still I she still struggles with it sometimes but she's um she she knows she knows by my my consistency she knows if it was just me and my own power I could not have done it seven years I could not have done it we're not we don't go on our own strength we go because he said go we do because he said do we say Lord here we are if you can use anything Lord you can use me and then you just do it you do it with all your heart whatever your hands find to do do it with all your might we may not even understand ourselves like well what how long am I going to be doing this? He doesn't tell you the end. He says go and he don't tell you. Okay, just go for a one-year term. Go for a two-year term. Go for seven years. Fourteen years. Um, Moses walked in the wilderness for 40 years. If God called me to do this for 40 years, would I do it? Most absolutely. Absolutely. If it could reach, If it could reach one soul or thousands of souls... He already told me my net's going to be full of fish. He already told me that. So you just keep on fishing. You just keep on planting out the seeds and let him give the increase. And that's what we do. So be honest and transparent. Don't worry about other people's opinion. Um, It's nice to have support, but it's not essential. 
It's not essential. He said it's going to be a lonely road. Jesus had a solitary life. Jesus said that even um, a prophet is not, um, oh, what's that word? Uh, is not accepted. That's not the word he used, but the prophet is not accepted in his own country. Uh, means you don't. And um, another person said, your brothers and your sister, uh, your brother and your mother are out. He says, who's my, uh, who's my brother and my mother? You all, the disciples, the disciples, uh, as um, the ones that he called, that's his brother and his mother and his sister. That's the ones. That's the family of God. That is who, you know, as we're working for God, we are in the family of God together. We are workers in the field, laborers. Some sow, some water, and God gives an increase. Some work in the cotton patches. Some work in the wheat. Some work in the um, the different farm uh, different um, farm implements. Some of them um, are on the threshing floor. If you're making wine, some are picking the grapes and some are treading out the the grapes or putting them through the putting them in the bats or whatever. They have machines now, but used to they'd have to stomp them out with their feet. Different things. Or else they're filling up their water pots and letting God turn into wine. Yeah, that's another thing right there. Shepherds, you got the shepherd out in the field watching over the sheep. They also have sheepdogs. A sheepdog can gather all them sheep up, bring them back to the master and bring them to the fold. So we don't know why exactly, exactly how God's going to do it. We just know obedience. One time God impressed on my heart to tell my mother, it's not a ministry, it's an obedience. That's what he asked me, said, and to whom much is given, much is required. That was another time. And um, um, I don't know why I even brought that up. If she should listen. Mom, if you listen to this, you know, you know that I prayed many, many prayers. And I asked God. In fact, I was hoping that through this COVID that God would open up some people's eyes. Say, hey, what she's been doing for seven years now, everybody's doing it. I was I was online ministry when online ministry wasn't cool. But that's obedience. You must do you must brave the answer if you ask people for their opinions. If you ask people, hey, what do you think about this? When they say, No, I don't think you should be doing that. They didn't call you to do it. You're not gonna stand before them on judgment day. It's God that you stand before on judgment day. And when you say, Lord, I couldn't do it because I had so much opposition from the outsides. It wasn't protocol. It wasn't normal. People didn't prove. People thought, no. People thought, they thought, man, I just went off the deep end. No. He said, he said you're going to be a peculiar people. He said you're going to be thought of strange. And a lot of times we think that it's going to be uh, the world um, taking you before magistrates and uh, people cru- uh, persecuting you for his name's sake. And they do, and they will. But a lot of times the persecution comes from the ones that just don't understand. But you stand. You stand. When you haven't done all to do to stand, just stand. And be faithful. Be faithful. He who began a good work in you is able to complete it. 
He is able to complete it. And while He's using us to minister to others, He's working on us. He is working on us. We're still on the pottery wheel. We're still being molded and made. He doesn't show us the end from the beginning. All we know is that if we're faithful and stand true, that in the end, we will hear those words, Well done, good and faithful servant. Our lamps have got to be full of oil. That's the oil of the Holy Ghost. That's reading the word, fasting, praying, seeking His face, seeking Him. And when I'm having prayer meetings here at times, there's times when I really feel Him wrap His arm around me. There's times when I've even felt like there was something being poured on my head. Something in the house. Not like right now, if I went outside, I'd have something on my head because it's raining outside. But I'm talking about just walking through the house praying. I have, on several occasions, felt like there was something on my head. I'm like, what? And then impressed on my heart the anointing oil, the anointing of God. And I know in my heart that's what it was. I know. In my heart, not that I'm anything special. No, no, I'm not. I am not anything special. The thing that I think, the reason that God called me is because I was a willing vessel. And also, Sister Edwina Elder, Sister Sharon McKellar, my pastor's wives that um, instilled in me when I was young, that deep, deep desire to live for Jesus. My Sunday school teachers, my parents, my grandparents, my both of my grandmothers and my grandfathers. But the um, I think the women have more impact on women and men have more impact on men. I don't know. Uh, men impact my life too. Yes, I have a lot. There's a lot of preachers that I really look up to. A lot of great authors. A lot of great missionaries. But a lot of times, a lot of them has been the women that have impacted my life the most. When I'm reading the Bible, it's the women that stand out. Ruth, um, Esther, Mary, the mother of Jesus, um, some of the, Hannah, um, Anna, <laughs> Hannah in the Old Testament, and Anna in the New Testament. Those people stand out to me. Um, the women that wanted to go um, put spices, ointment on Jesus' body. And Mary, Salome, um, I don't know all their names. But that's one thing I want to do this year. I've got, I've got this book here by uh, John MacArthur said, 12 Ordinary Men, 12 Extraordinary Women. Now, we did the 12 Ordinary Men uh, last year when we talked about the 12 disciples. But this year, I want to look into these Extraordinary Women. The conversations that the women had and their um, their interaction with their husbands and with other women and with God. Um, I know the woman at the well, her interaction with God, with Jesus, and the woman who was caught in adultery. And um, Jesus stooped down and wrote in the sand. Um, that interaction, a Mary Alabaster box, um, pouring her... Um, perfume on his feet and uh, washing his feet with her tears and drying them with her hair. Uh, Those kind of things, those have impacted my life. Those have made me know that um, um, just keep pressing on and like Elijah and Elisha, the women that they're the woman that had the barrel of um, meal and she made the cake for, I believe it was (laughs) I always get it mixed up. I think that one was for Elijah. Elijah. 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't remember. It's for one of those prophets, either Elijah or Elisha, and how the mill, the barrel, did not run out. Another woman, um, her husband had passed away, and she needed money. She's going to have to farm out her sons to work um, to be slaves for other people so she could just even keep her home. And the prophet said, what do you have? And she had oil. And she said, go borrow vessels, not a few. And she kept pouring that oil in there until the last. She had just enough to fill the last vessel. And they sold those and she had enough to pay for what she needed. The widow's might, that woman, she gave her out of her penury. penury. Anyway, she gave that little bit that she had, but yet the Lord said that she had given more than what these other people have given abundance because she gave all she could. And, you know, really, that's what I want with my life. I want to give all I could. All I could. Everything. I like to play music. I want to do it to the Lord. I like to sing songs and write songs and write poetry and write books unto the Lord. I like to... um, um, do crafts and arts and puppetry and all that unto the Lord. Everything that I do, diddle, d- um, they used to say, jack of all trades, master of none. Well, that's true. You can be like that. Or you can combine it all together and use it as home missions or as a ministry. And that's what I want to do. All, all of me. And, um, not slant the truth. I am who I am and what I am, but I'm not what I, I'm not what I'm going to be, but thank God I'm not what I was. I'm not all I'm going to be, but I thank God I'm not what I was. Okay, I got one more thing to talk in this book here, um, to talk about today, and then tomorrow we'll carry, come some more, cover some more. Loss of courage. Refuse to slouch away and have a pity party. Even though that may be exactly what you wish to do, this is no time to hibernate. Rather, it's time to pray. Feed your courage with positive thoughts and with scripture. Surround yourself with brave, successful people. Did you know that's true? A lot of times when you're feeling down, you get out the word. And sometimes, just in your daily reading, if you read your Bible chart, or I have a couple of devotionals around the house. I have... Um, a flip chart that my daughter gave me and then I have Jesus Calling which my neighbor across the street, used to live across the street gave me and so I read a couple, a couple of those a day and sometimes those speak exactly what I need to hear for that, that day a lot of times it's exactly what I need to hear today our, uh, December the 31st in Jesus Calling it talked about peace it talked about just resting in his peace we can't do it on our own it isn't our it isn't us. So let's be courageous in the Lord. Let's just remember that we know we're not walking by our strength alone. Uh, we not we walk by faith, not by sight. And also um, we are more than conquerors through Christ. Through him all things are possible. So let's not have the loss of courage. Let's not have a pity party. And surround ourselves with brave, successful people. Um, I talked to my prayer partner yesterday. And if you're listening to my podcast, yeah, I'm talking about you for a moment. But um, brave, successful people. People that have overcome hurdles. Um, We've listened to Brother Ken Gurley. And we went through his book um, about prayer. 
the book on prayer. We did that last year, or earlier this year. Yeah. Tomorrow will be last year, because tomorrow's the new year. But yeah, we did it this year, and we talked about prayer, the supreme need of the hour. We talked about how important prayer is. And um, these are success, to us, the most successful people. Brother Ken Gurley, we don't know, I don't know everything about his life. I know he's had hurdles. He talks about on his podcast. He talks about things he's went through. Him and his wife just got through co- some coming through COVID. It's affected people in their church. They've, they've lost some dear loved ones through this. They went through sorrowful times. But to me, he's a successful person. I'm, I look up to him strongly. Um, Brother Chester Wright, I listen to a lot of his Bible studies and things. To me, he's a very successful person. He has won people to the Lord through his Bible studies that have went on. And those people have... Um, uh, pastor churches and have won many people to the Lord and um, to me that's that's successful that's what we're supposed to do that is my pastor and um, Pastor Rick and Baker he's a successful person to me I look up to him um, other pastors I've had in my life my uncle Carl um, brother Stovall he was a missionary after he passed was my pastor he went on to be a missionary in Germany I have some friends uh, right now that I'm connecting on Facebook. Sister Ida Foster, her and her husband are in um, Northern Ireland, and I consider them really successful. And uh, she's very talented. She's multi-talented, and I just love seeing her post, her beautiful pictures of the Northern Ireland um, countryside, the sheep, and um, she likes a lot of the same things I do. She loves beautiful china, the teacups, the the beautiful um, table settings. Um, she's just very, very, uh, a lot. She's a little bit older than me, but she's very uh, much, she she encourages my life, I think, a lot, even though I never met her in real life. But I consider her a successful person. And um, just, I can't, I can't really just start naming because there's a lot of people that have enhanced my life, that I look up to, that, um, one of these days when we're together in heaven we none of us made it there on our own but yet our spiritual walk i mean our um our decision to serve jesus no matter what is our personal decision but a lot of people have encouraged us a lot of people have supported us a lot of people have paved the way for us i believe i believe that we are all we are all just that sea um, what it in heaven is going to be like the sound of many waters the sound of many waters and we're part of that singing holy 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 to the Lord praising him exalting him there's going to be shouting on the hills of glory and I'm going to be one of those shouting and also if you don't know where to find me in heaven look at me I might shout a couple jigs and then you know where I'm going to be I'm going to be right there at the feet of Jesus. You guys are just going to have to move over and make room for me. And I know that I'm going to be welcome there because I'm going to be his cupbearer. I've already asked him, let me be your cupbearer, God. Whatever that entails, I just come right there. And if you move out of the way, let her through because I'm going to be bringing, bringing him his cup. If there's such a thing in heaven, I don't know. But what that means is I'm going to be at his feet, praising him, worshiping him. I know that. And even here on this earth right now, perhaps me just praising his name is kind of like cupbearer. Giving him um, that savor. He loves that savor 
uh, of our praise. He loves that. Um, he gives us from the water of life. He, we say, fill our cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. And he fills it. But then we, in return, give it back to him through praise and worship in our very life. Let my life be a vessel of honor and not to dishonor. Wow, I talked a long time today. I talked a long time today. So I caught up with my notes. So thank you for you who listen. And if you if you want to, you can tell your friends about it and share it. Right now I have like five people that listen, but that's okay. I have to start somewhere. God bless you. Bye-bye. I love you.